Young Thug and Rich Homie Quan and Birdman came in, and we all did a song together. Then I got introduced to Thug. So then I started engineering for Thug. I engineered on, like, Barter 6, a little bit of his album. Now, I'm taking all the money I got at that time and putting it into the studio that I was building. I mean, I got another way to add to this story. So let's take a step back from that right quick. I had bought a Dodge Charger when I first started getting a little bit of money from the studio. I was over at Greenbrier one day. I come out the mall, my car gone. It got stolen. So I'm like, dang, just lost my whip. You know what I'm saying? I get a check from the insurance for like $4,000, and I had already saved up $4,000. I went on Craigslist, and I found this building. And I told the guy, look, man, I got $8,000. I ain't got no credit. I ain't got nothing. Can you let me get into this building? He ended up saying yes. So that's how I started my first studio. So by the t- by 23, I was already making, I'd say about $8,000 or $9,000 a month, and I moved to Paris. Welcome back to another episode of Monetize with Marcus, where we highlight and interview entrepreneurs, business owners who have taken an idea and turned it into a business or a concept that empowers others and makes them money. And today I get a chance to interview none other than my brother, my friend, Brick, super producer, entrepreneur, all around genius guy, man. Here's what I love about the guy I get to interview today. We talk almost every day. He's at, he's a great friend to be. But it's not about us just being friends. I just know the value that he offers to so many. So what's up, my brother, Bruce? What's going on, my dog? How you feeling? Man, how, so if, if anybody who's never heard of you, number one, mm-hmm. they've heard your gift but might not have met you. Mm-hmm. Let's just go back to, like, some of the people you work with. Give us some context on what industry you're in, some of the things you've done. Okay, so I'm a music producer. And I've worked with Drake, Young Thug, Gunna, Lil Baby, Lil Wayne, uh, a bunch of A-list artists all over the world, international and and here. And uh, really, I got into e-com probably over the pandemic because yeah. I couldn't really go to the studio. So I was like, all right, I got to figure out something. And then I dropped my first digital product. I said, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm an e-com guy now. <laughs> it went crazy. So just just the genius of it, man, and we're going to dig into it, your ability to absorb information and how, how you got into it, mm-hmm. but produce for some of everyone. How does someone even get started? Like, let's go back to the beginning. Where are you from? I'm from Augusta, Georgia. Augusta, so a little small town. Mm-hmm. What was that like coming up in Augusta? What are other people doing music? Like, how did you get exposed to it? How did you figure out, like, this is something I can do? I guess I was rapping back in, like, middle school, and then we ain't had no beats. So, essentially, I said, well, somebody got to make some beats. So, the next day, my friend brought me a CD. It had a program on it. I took it home, put it on my computer, and it was like a beat-making program, which I still use to this day. And that really was a pivotal moment in my life. Now, we weren't even thinking it would be crazy like it is now. Yeah. But just him giving me that CD, and I just stayed on that program every day. I use it every day. It's called FL Studio. And uh, that changed the course of my life, really. How, how old were you then? How about 13, 14? 13, 14. And that, that CD yeah. turned into multiple plaques, multiple placements. Yeah. <laughs> what what was the thing? Like, I'm always curious with anybody. Uh, like, I know for me, book writing. There's a story behind it. My my I wanted my father's attention. Uh-huh. And my father, you, avid reader, we in the bookstore, and he's looking at books. And I'm like, Dad, I'm going to write a book one day. Yeah, yeah, son, hush. Right, that sparked something. Or I know when I watched a lady make a million dollars in a day, 
sell like she was she was selling a twenty five thousand dollar program teach at building people's funnels. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what a funnel was. Mm -hmm. What was that thing for you that that made music the thing? I mean, I really just had a passion for it. I know that sounds cliche, but the the thing that really that really draw me to want to go as hard as I went was. I was growing up, obviously Augusta is a small country town, it's basically a hood. The only tall building we got is the jail. So <laughs> wow. it's like I saw every day I saw that monotony of my my grandparents coming home after work, nine to five, watching TV, watching the game all night, you know what I'm saying? Going to sleep, waking up, doing it over every single day, eating TV dinners and then go out on the weekends. And I was like, there gotta be more to life than what they doing. Yeah. I just saw everybody. I looked around. I was like, "Is everybody crazy? They just going to work all day, coming home, watching TV, watching the game, watching Netflix, over and over and over and over." I watched it for years. Yeah, I was like, "There got to be more to life than this." And this is before social media and stuff. So I was like, "I didn't even. I never saw black people doing really big things." You know what I'm saying? But I just knew like there had to be more. So I I basically just opted out of that society. I said, "Yeah, I got to get up out of here." And I, I went to Atlanta. I didn't have no plan. I lived in my car. I didn't have nowhere to stay. And I eventually got an internship. Actually, where I slept in my car is right across the street in that public parking lot right there at Camp Creek. So I used to sleep there. Like, You're not just about to breeze past that. It's literally right across the street. You, That's crazy. You just man. gave <laughs> so much game, though. You said a, a specific thing. Uh -huh. There's a... You're around. Oh man, it's so powerful because it's it's the thing that I think is the that changes the game. It's the difference between those that win and those that lose. Mm -hmm. Everybody around you has embraced an idea, a, a level of life yes. that is normal. Mm -hmm. Something in you mentally made what was normal abnormal, mm -hmm. right? Do so you like? Does nobody? Does anybody else see that there's more <laughs> more to life right. than this, right? Yeah. Like you didn't become a product of your environment. You said I opted out. I was like, this ain't it. Yeah. And made a decision to take to really bet on yourself. What made you say, like, I'm gonna move to Atlanta, no house, no job, no this, I'm gonna just take a chance? I mean, I didn't have I didn't have any other choice. It was like go work at a factory or something, which is nothing wrong with that, but I just wanted more. Like I wanted the Lambo that I have now, I wanted the house <laughs> that I got now. But it's like I saw how everybody was living around me and I was like, they were going to jail, you know, drugs, this, that, and the third. I said, I I don't want to end up like this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, they was like miserable. Like, you're 60, watching TV every night, coming home, working at a factory. I'm like, that that ain't it for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, everybody looked down on me for leaving. Like, obviously, everybody was trying to pull me back. Bricks, you're crazy. How could you think that you could be what you are today? And I was like, I can always go back and be normal. <laughs> oh, that's heavy. Like, yeah. I can always go back and do what y'all are doing. Like, that doesn't take yeah. very, very much effort. Let me go ahead and try to really reach for the stars. And if all fails, I can still be regular like y'all. Yeah. Like, Man, so, so to go back to sleeping, you're sleeping in your car. Uh -huh. Did you still see, like, it's worth it? Did you think about going back? Like, you get to Atlanta, no place to stay. You're sleeping in the car. Like, take, take me back to that moment. What are you thinking then? Do you still believe it in the dream, or it's like, oh, man, what did I get myself into? I mean, I'm super believing in the dream. I used to just be in the back of my car, laying, laying in the back seat. I had a cover. I was reading the Bible, dog, just praying, like, one day a month. And then, you know, once you start getting that mindset of, like, success, stuff just start happening. What's it called? Synchronicity or, yeah. or uh, 
serendipity or something, yeah. right? So I just start meeting people. I start going around the city, meeting people, and I got an internship. I landed an internship at a studio. So I was the hardest working person at that studio because, first of all, I, I ain't have nothing to go back home to. So they'd be like, dang, he want to work all night long. <laughs> and I'm like, literally, they don't know. I ain't got nowhere else to go. So I'm going to just keep working because I ain't got nowhere else to go. But it just looked like I was just super, super dedicated, and I yeah. was. And uh, basically that put me at the top of the the interns. Then I got a position. I started working at different studios all over the city because my name started getting hot. Because they like, man, this kid works like, you know what I'm saying? So it played in my favor. I, I, I tell a lot of people, like, it depends on your circumstances how hard you're going to go because you're not going to beat somebody that don't have no other options. Mm. If you like, like I be telling my girl, like, you know, we got our girls like laid up in a nice house. They, it's impossible for them to have that hunger of somebody like me. Yeah, it's yeah. impossible because you you're enabled. Just like, let's say Diddy's kids, they're never gonna be bigger than Diddy because they didn't have to build that from absolutely nothing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's kind of a it's a gift and a curse, but you you know what I'm trying to say. Elaborate. Yeah, because you because you want you want the person like we have this conversation all the time. Yeah. You want the person around you to have your hunger, your drive, your work ethic, your determination. Yeah. And the crazier part is, like, me and you get this because we talk about it. Everybody around us always tell us to take breaks or we're going too hard. To us, it's normal. It's, I don't like, even feel like I'm working. Because <laughs> we do it so, it's just a lifestyle. It's like, I, I don't even think about it. I didn't really think about how hard I was working until I got uh, my first VA from Ken. When I had to delegate and tell other people, okay, this is what I do, this is what you need to do, then I was like, dang, I do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Then when I didn't have to do that stuff, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know I was working this hard. <laughs> I've just been working so hard so long, Yeah. I didn't even notice it. And it's hard, it's hard to communicate. Well, here, here, when you said giving the curse, you work hard to be able to share that with someone. Mm-hmm. And th- But the harder part is when you start sharing it with someone, you feel like they take it for granted because – you had who you who we had to be to survive, to build from. I I know the feeling. I had eleven dollars and thirty seven cent in my bank account, and at this time, this is coming from real estate. I had ten thousand. My my expenses was ten thousand dollars a month between mortgages, car payments, credit cards, mm-hmm. and I got eleven dollars and thirty seven cent. Mm-hmm. I know that feeling. Mm-hmm. I know the feeling of going two years and could never pay all my bills at the same time. I always had to choose, something wasn't paid, and I remember my grocery bill. This is speaking to your point. Mm-hmm. I only, I went to Walmart, I would buy those great value pack of turkey burgers, mm-hmm. noodles and bread, and I used the George Foreman grill. Yeah, I knew noodles is like, you know, you can get a big old pack, bread, that was my grocery, that literally was my grocery bill. Mm-hmm. So now to be at a place where you, you're in a relationship, and I was talking to my girl, this brings to your point, I was like, how much do you think we need as a, as a uh, budget for groceries? She's like, I don't, for us two, maybe four or $500. I'm like. I wish. <laughs> but life is different right now, right? We're going to spend four or 500 and still eat out three, four, three, four times. Yep. So to your point, like who you had to be, mm-hmm. determination, what is it, Damon John book, The Power of Broke. When you don't have anything, that mm-hmm. grind to work towards that picture you have in your head, and it and it worked out for you. Yeah, you can't beat somebody that just ain't got no other option but to win. Mm. And you can't instill that in somebody that just don't have, like, I try to, like, tell my uh, friends or my girl or whatever, like, if I give you everything, 
it's not going to help build your character and build that determination and that hustle. Like, I can't I can't just enable you. Like, I, I tell her, I have her running her Airbnbs, her little business here and there, and I say, I'm your man, but it's not my responsibility to enable your business or make your business successful. You're going to have to grind it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that grinding it out is going to make it to where, okay, I know if I lose my business, we still straight. Yeah. That's what I need. You know y'all being teammates. Yeah, I yeah. need. I need if if I break my leg, I can't go play basketball or whatever. I need you, your business to be holding it down while I regroup and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, but I, I don't want to stray away from what we was talking. <laughs> about. But no, I think what you're saying is accurate because it all is connected. You know what you had to who you had to become in the backseat of that car, who you Savage. had right, who you had to become at that studio where everybody else had. Homes, they couldn't wait to get yeah. off to go party to celebrate what they did. For you, it wasn't checking in and out of a job. You were checking into your purpose. Yeah. There ain't no time off, so that ain't even a hustle. That's not a grind. That's you. If you're running a marathon, those are mile markers that was getting you closer. Mm -hmm. Like, what was your first big break that that opened things up for you? I know you say you landed the internship. That from, was huge. From that, you start working at other studios. What were you doing? I was engineering, uh, recording a lot of artists. So crazy story. I'll d drop a quick story. So this is how God worked. This is a weird story. But so the guy I was working under at Hot Beat Studios, this is like there's su superstars coming in and out. Drake, Nicki Minaj. I'm around stars, but I ain't got nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a young guy trying to come up in there. So the engineer that was working at the time, the head boss, he was like playing around in the studio with some girl, and apparently the girl slammed the door on his finger, sliced his finger off. Okay, the mouse finger, the one that you need to work with. Okay, I, I know, crazy story. But I got a call from the owner of the studio. Yo, Bricks, can you come up to the studio? It's an emergency. I'm like, yeah, of course. I head straight to the studio. They're like, yo, so-and-so had a problem. I found out later that he got his finger cut off. Yo, I really need you to run this session. So that was my first opportunity to like all right now i can work and show these people what i really got it happened to be kevin gates session so i went in there knocked it out of the park and i got my first gold plaque from this man getting his finger cut off but i was preparing for that moment i didn't know how it was gonna come but god just brought that moment in a weird way but hey wow works in mysterious ways man hey you got a gold <laughs> plaque off of yeah that's that my first big thing Wow. And from there, that's when it, when momentum started hitting? Yeah. So what happened after that opportunity? Word got out. Like, what started happening after that? I just kept working, and then suddenly uh, I got to work with Nipsey Hussle because one of my other guys that was working at the studio, he was working with Nipsey Hussle at another studio, and he was having a baby. He was like, yo, dang, my girl's about to have this baby. Who can I call? He called me. I went over there. I walk in. It's Nipsey Hussle. First, first, it wasn't Nipsey Hussle. Let me take it back. I walk in. There's a super gorgeous woman in the room. It's just me and her. We kicking it. We chilling. I'm just making a conversation. We talking for 15, 20 minutes or whatever. She walks out of the room. One of the guys comes in from the uh, the studio staff. They're like, yo, you don't know who that is? I said, no, nah, who is it? It's like, that's Lauren London, man. I said, dang, that was Lauren London. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. Then I, look, I turn around. It's a big towering figure. It's Nipsey Hussle. I'm like, oh, this is what I'm here to do. So I'm recording Nipsey Hussle, working on his album. Then uh, Young Thug and Rich Homie Quan and Birdman came in, and we all did a song together. Then I got introduced to Thug. 
So then I started engineering for Thug. I engineered on like Barter Six, a little bit of his album. Now I'm taking all the money I got at that time and putting it into the studio that I was building. I mean, I got another way to add to this story. So let's take a step back from that right quick. I had bought a Dodge Charger when I first started getting a little bit of money from the studio. I was over at Greenbrier one day. I come out the mall, my car gone. It got stolen. So I'm like, dang, just lost my whip. You know what I'm saying? I get a check from the insurance for like 4000 and I had already saved up 4000 I went on Craigslist, and I found this building. And I told the guy, look, man, I got $8,000. I ain't got no credit. I ain't got nothing. Can you let me get into this building? He ended up saying yes. So that's how I started my first studio. So by the t- by 23, I was already making, I'd say about eight or $9,000 a month, and I moved to Paris. I've got to pause really quick before we get back into the episode to give you access to a free gift that I have for you. Well, chances are, you, there's some knowledge that you know or service that you are already doing. And I tell people, if you are doing any service or have knowledge in your head, you should be able to automate that to generate revenue on the side, whether you're cutting hair. Well, while you're cutting hair, what if you could take the same knowledge and skill and automate that to show someone else what, how to do it? You generate revenue while also helping others. Well, I created a free training that literally shows you how to package your knowledge and your services into an automated online course. Well, now instead of giving someone access to your time or letting them take you out to coffee, you can give them access to your thoughts without your time. It generates money for you, but it also helps other people. So you can type www.monetizewithmarcus.com and you can get access to a free video training that shows you how to do it. Let's get back to the episode. But yeah, my story is crazy. My bad. <laughs> no, but- no, no. The reason why I love this is because I think this is gonna help somebody. Like, it's gonna help. What, listen to this though. Uh-huh. Car stolen. Yeah. From sleeping in the car. Yeah. Making money, meeting these different people, and instead of thinking about buying a car, another car, uh-huh. you immediately say, "Let me invest in a studio." Yeah. What I'm trying to get people. This is why I literally called. Like, I wanted to talk. Call this monetizer Marcus. The way people monetize is by hearing the thought process, right? The most expensive thing is that. Mm-hmm. That mindset of making an investment versus most people who are in the studio with those with celebrities immediately want to look like they have more than what they have mm-hmm. instead of reinvesting into buying a studio. That mindset of that is the difference maker of who grows their money, who, who grows a business, right, mm-hmm. to really monetize. So I need all of this. I need what happened with the studio. Okay, so studio time in Atlanta is from like 50 to like 125 an hour. I was charging $65 an hour in my studio. I'm 22, 23. So I'm like, dang, I'm already making more than a doctor, and I'm 23. Like, like, and everybody else is making like $14 an hour. I'm like, am I tripping? Because this is working. I don't know why nobody else is opting out <laughs> of that society to go chase their dream. Cause this is, but this is the thing that internship kind of taught me everything that I needed to know to run the business. So I worked in the business first, then I started my own. And I already knew how to run it. So I ran it real smooth. And then I hired a staff. I delegated the tasks to the staff. And I moved to Paris. I sold all my stuff. Moved to Paris. And What the- made you move to Paris? Man, from, from We got to go from Augusta. Yeah. From Augusta to Atlanta sleeping in the back of the car. Uh-huh. To in studio with Drake. Uh-huh. To Young Thug, Kevin Gates, Ghana. Uh-huh. To talking to the, the beautiful Lauren London. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> to 
Buying buying a car, car getting stolen. We ain't sleeping in the car no more. No. Nine thousand a month coming in. So yeah. then, all right, thank y'all for coming out. God bless y'all. Good night. I'm going to Paris. Yeah. How you like where the thought come from to move to Paris? Well, it was New Year's Eve. I was in the studio drunk. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know what I was thinking. I just booked a ticket to Paris. Then like ten minutes later, I booked a ticket to Tokyo. Now I forgot I did that because I was just I was drunk at the time. It was New Year's, so a few days later, your flight is leaving at. I said, "Oh, well, I guess I gotta go." So I just left. I went straight to the airport. I just left. Had my little bag. Went to Paris. But the crazy thing is, the first people I met in Paris is the same people that helped me make the Drake record that I worked on, like three years after that. So if I would never would have went to Paris, I would have never worked with Drake. Wow. Does that make sense? Like, my story is crazy, bro. But it's just like, I took leaps on faith like you wouldn't believe. You know what I'm saying? I really believed in myself. But I didn't know I would be as big as I am now. Yeah. I I just was like, oh, maybe I can get an apartment. That was where I was. I wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm going to be this big super thing. You know what I'm saying? I still think like we just starting. But everybody want to say, oh, I'm just beginning. No, nah, I got a Lambo in the main dog. I ain't just beginning. <laughs> so I ain't going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, do you're smart enough to know that's not luck, it's not lottery, it's not by chance. Like mm-hmm. it's orchestrated by divine power for you to the internship. Mm-hmm. What happened to the young man? Your work ethic. Some piece of information was downloaded into you. Yep. To be intentional about that. That every step of that from there to work with this artist, to work with that artist, to go to Paris. Yep. You don't just go on on Craigslist and find an application to work with Drake. Right. <laughs> you know, as well as what can't be missed is skill development, not just luck, because there's people who can land and meet people and ask for opportunities that their skill don't match. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how did you develop that talent, that skill? We know the work ethic's there based on lack, where you come from, not going back to that. Mm-hmm. We know the dream is there. We know the passion is there. Let's talk about the skill. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you get better? Who, did, did you have mentors? Did you have people around you? Yeah, I, I mean, I was interning. So, crazy thing. But all my stories crazy, bro. Uh, I was going to my intern job, unpaid. Uh, and I was getting in the elevator to go up to the to the studio. A uh, big white guy in the, in the elevator with me. Elevator doesn't crash, but it stops. We stuck in the elevator. Turns out this guy is Future's engineer, Young Jesus engineer. He's one of the biggest engineers in Atlanta, Seth Ferkins. So it's me and him. We stuck in the elevator together. So after that, obviously, he knows who I am now. Like, you're not going to forget, oh, we were stuck in the elevator together. And then you see me, like, every other day now because I work at the studio now. So that, he took me up under his wing. I got to learn from him. But it's like I couldn't plan it. Yeah. You can't plan. I just put out the energy that I really want to do what I want to do. And then God just put the things in my path, like, and just had me meet people. Like, one thing I always tell entrepreneurs is you cannot make your own phone ring. Mm. Ain't nothing you can do to make that joint ring. So I knew it was like a higher power, like just giving me the situations because I couldn't make that stuff happen. Yeah. So that you you can't ignore that. Yeah. That's a big, big factor. And and faith is a huge factor in my success and I'm sure in your success as yeah. well. So you can't breeze past that. You can't make your own phone ring. You can't. 
here's the here the the superpower of what I'm even hearing is not is some would say what's the one thing that you would say is the secret to your success? It's not one thing. It's faith. It's how you manage relationships. It's your work ethic. It's the skill. It's recognizing a moment. It's taking a leap of faith. It's believing in yourself. And that sounds like too many ingredients for most people. There's even more ingredients than that. But that's <laughs> why I'm I'm a one to one. Yeah. Ain't a lot of people doing what I'm doing. From sleeping in the back of the car mm-hmm. to sitting in the studio with some of the biggest artists, what do what do you like? What are some of what would you say would be some of the biggest lessons you learned from like the gap between there to there? I know the Paris. I know you lived in Dubai as well, right? Yeah, I done been to 60, 70 countries. I lived all over the world. Lived in Thailand, lived in Vietnam. Lived in... From Augusta. Yeah. What were people back home saying, seeing you post this stuff? He's selling drugs, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, they didn't even know where that was. Like, my grandma thought Paris was in London and London was in Germany. Like, she don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Cut out the grandma. A whole, no, a whole other world. Yeah. A whole other world. What's the if if I were to ask you, what's the for you? For of course, there's moments that people celebrate, and there's mo. There, well, let me say it this way: there's moments that people clap for us, and there's moments we clap for ourselves. Mm-hmm. What's that moment for you that you took a second to clap for yourself? When I bought that Lambo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To go from it had to have significance. Yeah, that it, was like a trophy. I said. I, I, you know what? Walk walk me up to it to buying the Lamborghini. Like, what's the thought? Was that the dream car? Like, okay, so really, me wanting the Lamborghini is kind of how I met you. So let me break that down. So I had an I eight before that, right? Yeah. I got the I eight because I was like, yo, I'll be able to get around more richer people because I was hitting the ceiling. I was like, all right, I'm a big producer now. What do I do now? You know, so all right, I need to take the money I made and start investing it. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I'm going to get this car so I can start hanging around rich people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So then I got in the car group. Then I met Brad and Tronda, Neo, this, 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 and this. Then I met you, do that, boom, boom, boom. That's why I got the Lambo. Because it's like the Lambo, man, I can show you a picture on my phone. I was out eating dinner the other day. And I got invited by a bunch of other Lambo owners, and there was a bunch of older, like, Indian people, white people, Arab people. I was the only black person. Yeah. The Lambo got me sitting at this table with all these multimillionaires, and they interested in me because I'm in entertainment. So they learning from, they, like, I'm telling stories, and then I can ask them, and they like, yeah, you should do this and this and this. I'd be like, this is information I would never have gotten because I would never be able to sit at this table. Yeah. I showed my grandma. She was like, what y'all black Doing it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They thought I was gonna be a waiter. No, I'm at the table now. Yeah, and that's a prime example of getting the room right there. Yeah, and that's gonna. I'm like we going to uh, Lambo Rally. Miami. I'm gonna meet a thousand other multi-millionaires. Pick their brain, just like I picked your brain. That one play from you, hundred thousand. <laughs> Yo, don't breeze past that. They didn't oh, hear that. Oh, oh. We were in. Costa Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Just um, chilling. A mastermind. Yeah, just just hanging out, and I was really getting to know people, and he was like, yo, you should do this and this and this. I'd be like, oh, I should. Well, let me take this notes. I took the <laughs> notes, went back home. I say, I call uh, Chaos. I say, yo, stop everything. This is what we're doing. <laughs> 
that really helped me get the Lamborghini. So thanks to you, Marcus. Well, and I ain't even get a ride. I monetized with Marcus. You did get a ride. You almost threw up. But. <laughs> yeah, I did. And let me tell my story. Okay. Like, now that he told his stories, I number one, when my man hit me on the phone to see it, I could see you were finally excited. Because everything before that, Bricks is so laid back. He'll, he'll get a plaque. Man, how you feel? It's just another plaque. You know what I'm saying? Just put it on the wall. Normal. You got to normalize success, man. That shit just <laughs> Like, imagine, like, somebody that getting a plaque. That means you sold eight. How many records you have to do for, for to get a gold plaque? 500,000. So 500,000 platinum plaque, a million. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. 500,000 people were interested in something you that came from your head, which is really what I call monetization. It's to take an idea, package it, market it, sell it, but the idea is based on your skill, your time, right? You can truly monetize what you have now packaged from your head into something that serves other people. Right. That's really monetization. That's what it is. Like 500,000 people were served by an idea you had. Mm-hmm. Hit my man up. And he was, I mean, it's all right. It's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. It like, like he, like, it's like, like it's, it's normal nothing, now. Right. But the only time I saw you really excited yeah. was what, like when you FaceTime was grabbing the Lambo. Yeah. My man was like, man, no, he was like, fly to Miami. Right. <laughs> we riding out. Fly to Miami. It's just to see the look on his face. That's why I was curious of, like, what's the moment where you clap for yourself? Like, excited and say, I, I accomplished something. I did something. I. It's not about the car at that point. It's mm-hmm. what who you had to become in order to acquire the yeah. resources to buy it. Yeah. Like, Augusta Bricks ain't the same person. As <laughs> it's not. I had to learn a lot. It's not who I call now Lambo Bricks or High Ticket Bricks. <laughs> <laughs> it's two different people. Yep. Okay. Like affectionately, like, I got them in my phone is Lambo Bricks. Yeah. <laughs> so here, here, here is the thought, man. My my question in all of this, like mm-hmm. that whole taking information. So he said something critical. It ain't about how like me. You said we just out there we. Man, it's midnight. Like, we talked yeah. two, three hours, just boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Neither of us were stingy with information. It's really just to add value to one another, to share with each other. But you'd be shocked how many people that I will tell the exact thing I'm doing, mm-hmm. show them the back end, the system, the software, et cetera, and their first thing to me is, oh, man, do that for me. And as my friend, like, it's not that you don't want to help your friends, but certain times you genuinely don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Right, so if I'm like, "Hey, beat bricks, make me a, a beat," it's like, "Well, I gotta stop all, this, right, <laughs> all this other stuff." What made you take the information and be able to package that and just run to play with it? Because most people don't. Mm-hmm. Like even now, people are gonna get access to this that we're sharing for free, mm-hmm. and you'd be shocked how many people would use it as a as a toy instead of a tool to really unlock the next level of their life. What was it in you that made you take information? Like, I'm running with this. I mean, that's what separate us from them, ain't it? Mm. Yeah. That's why it's 50 seats on the, on the bus and two seats in the Lambo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can tell you a rapper. <laughs> that's what separates us from them. That's why it's 50 seats on the... Hey, that's... Yeah. A, it's true, though. It's true. It's true. And and we... You notice how I transitioned then go into the story how I almost, I almost threw up when I rolled with him. Oh boy. <laughs> Rick's come to my house. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> he comes and picks me up. Number one, like I was just excited. Like, yo, I sit in the car. We on, I won't say what streets, but right. we in Atlanta. So we on right. P Street. We like right there in the mix. 
Now, if you in Atlanta, you know Peachtree is 35 miles per hour. Where my car? Peachtree is 35 miles per hour. Hey, man. We're going 110. In <laughs> one second. <laughs> and from a stoplight, from here to like two feet, mm-hmm. my stomach literally drops. And I'm like. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> we go from talking like, bro, this is nice. but oh. Yep. <laughs> I say, yeah, it's a bag in the, in the glove department. You know, that happens. Yeah. But to me, it was down. No, I won't ride with him no more. I will say that I'll I'll watch him pull off. Like, mm. just I got control issues. So for me to be in a passenger seat and I can't control the speed, a hundred wouldn't feel like a hundred if I was driving. But it feel like a hundred. It feel like two hundred when you're in that passenger seat. Like that's facts. <laughs> that's facts. <laughs> Yo, but to to that moment, like. Having a Lambo, it gives you access to a whole nother room, which is true. It's an, it's oh. an admission It's an admission ticket. This is really the reason why, like for me, if I'm flying, like why do I want to fly first class? The conversations are different. The people that I meet. So it's worth the investment. It From where I live, the type of hotel you stay in, some would hear that wrong and think it's all about materialism. No. Mm-mm, the connections. What I said to someone recently, they was like, well, I don't think it take all that. I said, there's a reason people go to Harvard. It ain't. It's not the education. Right. It's the people that's on campus. Mm-hmm. There's a reason people pay for country clubs. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly. It, that's exactly what it is. Right. It's like a country club. Like I got a black card to the city. Like I know the owners, the movers, the shakers. Yeah. We was eating with the mayor. Yeah. Like it, it's crazy. It it changed it changes the game, and we always say everybody says that cliche. Your your network is your net worth. Oh, hundred percent. Right? But people don't intentionally invest in their network, so they don't increase their net worth. Mm-hmm. So, so think about the lack of intentionality of investment into your network. People will pay for cars, for clothes. They pay more on the outfit than the admission to get in a room or to get in an environment to increase their network. And what really happens in the network is the information. Like think about that's all it is. Think think about the whole part of it. But back to your story, man. Like Augusta, we got to recap Augusta. Mm-hmm. Little small town, go to work, go home, mm-hmm. watch TV, not making much, people selling drugs. You know, you know, inner city on down the line, but you got big dreams. You opt out of that life, move to Atlanta, you sleeping in a car. Yep. Interning, which people keep hearing the word intern, you realize you work for free. Yeah. <laughs> so you in, you're you're sleeping in the back of the car where you need money, but mm-hmm. you believe in the dream so much mm-hmm. that you're investing your time to work for free. Mm-hmm. As life and as God will have it, you you someone tragedy happens to one person with their finger, you end up the the man. Touch got a prosthetic one, good. Right, like his finger gets cut off, yeah. and lo and behold, you end up in the seat producing. Yep. From there to meeting multiple people to getting plaques to working with all these different people, mm-hmm. you then buy a car. Car gets stolen. You get a studio. You move to Paris. Mm-hmm. You move to all these countries. Now, to bring this thing full circle from all these countries, from all this success to buying lamp from sleeping in a car to buying a Lamborghini, which is just super story. <laughs> yeah, but one man. part of it that can't be missed is like, I thought you were going to say the moment you clap for yourself, man, which I was mad we 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 missed buying your home. I was out. I was out. I think I was out of the country or something. Like, mm-hmm. how did that feel to go from sleeping in your car to buying a million dollar home? 1.2 but um <laughs> <laughs> hey, get what you say get the numbers right hey i got an elevator in my house so. <laughs> yeah that's true story true story i got a living room in my bedroom literally 
Literally, we came we came to the crib, like which I thought was the funniest part. Right, we come to the crib, we walk in, it's super quiet. Like you right in right in the middle of the city, mm-hmm. and I'm looking like, okay. We get in the elevator to go upstairs, and then you go to the bedroom fa- family. I was like, I was like Tiffany Haddish, you know the little reel, the audio they have. Ooh, this is nice. <laughs> yeah. Full living room in the bedroom. And I keep saying it, mm-hmm. from sleeping in the back seat of a car yeah. to having a living room in your wow. bedroom, elevator in your home, which I saw a grand piano, and I know what those cost. Yeah. Plaques on the wall, mm-hmm. like help somebody understand. Like, what do you think you got right that got you from the back of the car to the Lamborghini to a one point two million dollar house? What'd you get right? I mean, it's a lot of personal development that goes into it too. Mm. A lot of character development, a lot of book reading, a lot of erasing everything I knew and learning how to be. New reinventing myself over and over and over, as I'm sure you have done as well. It's like the person that you are now is not going to be the same person that's driving the Lambo or that has the mansion. You have been transformed yourself several times over and gone through different, you know, psychological processes to where your belief system different. I believe different than I believed back then. Everybody around me didn't believe in themselves. And I kept looking for validation from those people back in the hood, like, yo, yo we're going to be big, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for validation from people that didn't even believe in their own self. Yeah. So I had to just really just lock in on my own dreams and say, you know what, I'm going to do this no matter what everybody else thinks. They're going to look down on me. They're going to talk trash. They're going to talk trash whether you're rich or whether you're broke. It don't matter. You got to you gotta tune that out. You got to get around people that have achieved the things that you want to achieve so that you can learn from them. That was a major, major key. And it's just like, once I got around people that had already achieved the dreams that I wanted to achieve, it was way easier for me to believe in myself because I'm like, oh, all them already do it. These are my homies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why it was easy for me to cross that seven-figure mark because I, you know all of our people that we be with is seven, eight figures. I'm like, oh, if they could do it, you know, I yeah. could do it. And then yeah. I just learned from them, take what you say, take what you said, boom, 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 boom. Now we seven figures. Wow. <laughs> wow, and man, it's so much that you hit, which is true. Like the bravery that it takes to stop being who you who you had to be to survive. Yep. To stop being who people love, but you don't love, mm-hmm. and that's a big like personal development. People think is just reading books, just saying affirmations. Mm-hmm. Personal development really is where you finally get to choose who you who you are and who you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Like your parents chose your name, you didn't choose it. You wasn't involved. Your parent, like your gender. I think personal development is when you finally make a choice. That's my name different now. <laughs> All right, you finally make that choice, and that's what it sounded like you did. Like psychologically changed and rewired, and was vulnerable enough and honest enough to say, "I want to be something different." Mm-hmm. And once you became someone different, you had something different. You did something different. Yeah, and- whole life was different. Man, J- your journey is amazing, man. Just hearing all the success you've done in music. So, what made you then transition? Like, if we can speak to that to coming into this world of e-learning, like package, to be able to like package it, doing, being able to share your journey. In essence, I know knowing you and knowing your heart, you're a huge giver. You know what I'm saying? Like you you, you secretly give to so many people and share so much information. Mm-hmm. So did you just feel a, a burden to help other people and package that and start sharing that? Because you, you do a free training that mm-hmm. anybody can access. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's what, hour, hour and a half? Mm-hmm. 
like a full free training that anybody can access that teaches them from your journey. What made you do that? What made you lead into that? Well, it was really like I noticed that that voice wasn't being shared as far as like you can do this to, you know, like I, I didn't want to be that old guy on stage at, at them schools and the kids like, oh, whatever, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to tell them like you can do this. You can make seven figures, eight figures, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be that voice to the kids, but I'm going to let them choose to opt in. So it'll reach the people that actually want to hear it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the people that believe in themselves and they really want to do the music, that's why I did the free training so they can go and really get a perspective from somebody who's actually done it instead of seeking perspectives from people in their surroundings that ain't really doing nothing. Yeah. So that's really what what made me do the free training. Uh and I've helped thousands and thousands of people. I've had a lot of people hit me up. Y'all got my first beat sale. Y'all got my first music placement. Y'all got this, this, and that. And I'm like, wow, this is really making a making an impact. Man, let's speak to Bricks Academy. What it, for anybody who's listening? I know what it is, but what is Bricks Academy? Basically, it's an online course where I'm teaching. I'm basically taking everything I learned in my career over the last six and seven years and packaging it telling you, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe you should do this. I, I'm packaging it so that you can learn without hitting your head so many times so that you can skip all the mistakes and shortcut your success by learning from what has worked for me and have worked for my other uh, super producer friends. Wow. Man, just the heart to serve in that way because it's a void in the space. There, yeah, it's a huge void. There was no one telling you, do this, do this, do this, and this. You're packaging your journey uh-huh. to help someone avoid all the mistakes but to inherit all of this success. Exactly. I absolutely love it. So Bricks Academy helps anyone who's looking to get into the music industry uh-huh. in terms of from producing. Pr- pr- producing. Uh-huh. And it does it speak to like making beats, just them selling their beats, placement, all of that? Making it. Branding yourself, marketing your beats. First week is mindset. So first you got to get your mind right. Yeah. I, I tell them in the first week, if you don't get your mind right, I can tell you how to do anything and you still won't win. You got to get your mind right to be able to receive and accept the success before you even start. Really, so important. Super, super, super powerful. How many students, how, like ballpark, how many students have, have, have you helped? A few thousand. A few thousand people. That's amazing, man. That that's something you should have clapped for yourself on. Mm-hmm. Like to to take I keep saying it, to take the bricks that slept in the back of a car to then package your journey and help thousands of students. Here's what's so amazing too. Like he trying to be humble now. He wasn't humble on the elevator in the house. You saw he was he at one point two man. He he wasn't <laughs> he's super humble on like I we hung out and went to you invited your students in for a whole week. Yeah. An entire week, rented a mansion. Pay for food, private chef, private chef, transportation, and tickets to the Hawks game. Like down on the floor, I did take them to the Hawks. Yeah, game. see, you left that out. <laughs> like, and now, shout out to I'm not in Bricks Academy. Shout out to my boy inviting me and let me come. And just seeing his admiration for his students, seeing their admiration for him, how they intermingled, and just his his ability to give. We're at I'm at the concession stand, he and his students are there. He's like, oh, no, I got it, and just. That level of generosity, where does that come from? I mean, just like you, I, I kind of came up in the church at the same time. So while I was interning, I was also going to the church and running all the sound. Wow. So that was like my tithing. You know what I'm saying? I was running the sound for uh, House of Hope. Yeah, E. Dewey. E. Dewey. Yeah. Yep. So I was running the sound. And that's really where my giving came from. You know what I'm saying? And, and 
I just feel like I'm in a position to help other people, and the more I help other people, the more the universe and God gonna help me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's a giving, giving, giving take. Man, that's, it's powerful because some people would would say like, your students are coming into town. Really, their gift is they get to spend time with you. Like you let them come to your actual home, sit in the studio with you, make beats with you, right? Yep. Like what was what was that week like? Man. They dang, they're about to break down in tears, bro. Like, uh, they was like, man, this has been the most powerful experience of my entire life. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, I do this every day. Not have all my students come, but I live this type of life every day. So I can imagine somebody from dang Kansas coming out here like, oh, wow, people are really doing this stuff I want to do. I'm sure that was very super life-changing, you know, so they, they, they always sing my praises about that. But, uh... I don't know. I'm drawing a blank, Marcus. Which one am I talking about? Thing, the thing for me is like hearing the biggest reward, like taking you back to that moment because here's what I think. Mm-hmm. Some of them might be in that sleeping in the car time when they came to visit you. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? And now you, at this point in your life, with a heart to give, invite them for a week to, I saw the mansion. Yeah. Oh, it was huge. <laughs> yeah. Like how many bedrooms was that? Eight. Eight bedroom mansion. A chef cooking. I'm, th- I'm talking about hamburgers. I'm talking about yeah. asparagus, salmon, steak. Like going to the Hawks game, you're creating the lifestyle, the experience, giving them the vision. Yep. Like they can't ever go back to that to that moment. They can't. Because what I always tell them was, my students got the ability to be way bigger than me. Because I didn't have a me to say, do this, do this, do this. Yeah. So I feel like yo, the people that you teaching as well got a got and a, a chance to be way bigger than you. Yeah. Because you didn't have a you to yeah. say, hey, this is how you monetize. This is how you set up this up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So true. So true. So here's what I would ask, man. I know we can talk all day, every day. We're going to probably go eat after this. No, I'm, I'm starving. <laughs> but to anybody that's listening, that your story, man, you got, you got stories for days. The journey, man. Man. That's the fun part. The journey's the fun part. When, once I get the trophy, I'll be like, okay, now what, now what are we going to do? The journey's the fun part, so enjoy that, you know? What's the prediction, man? You know, we I hear the journey from Augusta to big boy crib, nice crib, living well. Mm-hmm. What's next for Bricks? Man, I didn't even think I was going to get this far, so I, it's hard for me to even imagine. I'm just like, I need a Gooch crib, crib like Gooch. <laughs> I need uh I need the ecom whip kit, which is the Rolls Royce and the Lamb. <laughs> every every e-commerce person got the Rolls Royce and the Lamb, so I'm like, okay, I gotta do that. Uh, <laughs> I want to get a crib in Dubai because I love being in Dubai. So I want to do summer here, winter in Dubai. Grow this healthcare company. Yeah. Man, life be coming so fast. So much dope stuff be happening all the time. I can't even tell you, bro. Yeah. See, we didn't, we didn't even get into the healthcare company. We're going to have to build part two. I got a couple companies. Yeah, that's what I say. We got to do smart, man. We got we to do a part two, man, from from beats to multiple businesses. Mm-hmm. Man, let me say thanks for coming on here and sharing, sharing your story. I'm certain so many people will receive value from this in mm-hmm. so many different directions, different angles from what you from what you've shared. If anyone is looking to reach out to you to follow your journey mm-hmm. from where you are now to where you're going next, how can people get in contact with you? You can follow me on Instagram at Bricks Domain. 
Uh, I'll probably be on YouTube soon, so by the time this come out, you can probably check me out on Bricks Domain also. Tell them how to spell that. Bricks. Bricks, D-A-M-A-N-E. And it's going to be on the screen, too. Bricks Domain. Yep, so you can follow me there. Hit me up there. Hit up Marcus. How do they access that free training? Uh, you can go to basically go to my Instagram and click the link in my bio. should be there. Perfect, perfect. Mm -hmm. To anybody who's listening, I hope you've got exceptional value out of this, man. My brother, you killed it. Just your story, man. I'm sitting here in amazement. I'm excited. I feel like I need to go and get to work. I hope this has been another episode of Monetizer Markets. I hope you don't just sit, listen, learn as if, as if it's entertainment. Our hope for you to monetize is that you take the information, whatever that is in your head, that you package it, 